What comes to mind when you think about life? Your life? The lives of those you love? Would you be willing to save a loved one's life? Of course. But have you ever stopped and thought about saving the lives of others? Welcome to Let's Talk About Life, a weekly podcast brought to you by LifeBank, the organ, eye, and tissue recovery agency in Northeast Ohio. Donation can be a complicated subject, but when it's broken down, it is really all about life. Spend a few minutes as we unravel the complexities of donation. So come on, let's talk about life. Randy was your typical boy next door when growing up. He was healthy, happy, and life was going along great. He went off to college, got married, and was an athletic trainer for the United States Football League. All in all, life was great until he went to his doctor for a persistent cough. Hi, you're listening to episode 39 of Let's Talk About Life. I'm your host, Colleen Gerber, two-time kidney recipient and proud LifeBank staff member. We are wrapping up our series of Stories from the Bridge to Life with today's episode. These special episodes have given us an opportunity to hear firsthand from those touched by organ donation and or transplantation. Randy's normal life was changed with one diagnosis. I'm so pleased to have lung recipient and good friend Randy Oyaski on today's episode. Randy, thank you so much for being here with us today. You're quite welcome. Can you talk about growing up and your early adult life and how things were before you discovered you had lung disease? I grew up as a normal child in Solon, Ohio, went to college at Toledo. I never had any symptoms or what we would call incidents with uh, lung problems. I was married, working. And then it just popped into me uh, probably in 1996. I'd say I started coming down with symptoms. You were an athlete. I did play high school sports. I went to University of Toledo where I was an athletic trainer for the sports teams. After that, I did go down into the United States Football League as an athletic trainer. Unfortunately, our league was dismantled and I became unemployed and then came back to where I grew up in uh, Northeast Ohio. Well, it's a great place to be. So that's not such a bad fate at all. (laughs) When you started experiencing symptoms and you really got sick, when it became critical and you knew that something was very wrong? I was having breathing difficulties. I went to go see my family practitioner and they were treating me for bronchitis. And I got numerous prescriptions, but my cough just kept on being persistent. My family practitioner finally says, hey, I want to send you to a pulmonologist to try and figure out what was going on. And I saw Dr. Olbrick at Hillcrest, and he took a CAT scan. He sat me down, and at that point, he told me that I had IPF, and that it has two ways. It's either death or it's a transplant. He goes, and by the way, don't know if the transplant's going to work. So, Wow. For our listeners, can you share what IPF means? 
IPF is idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. It's a scarring of the lungs. It's unknown. Uh, there's ideas on how people come down with it. Some of it is genetics, uh, but this scarring of the lungs basically crystallizes the interior tissues and the capacity of the lungs is decreased because the hardening and the scar tissue uh, from the coughing. After you had that dubious conversation with your physician, what happened next? We, we wrote it out. I had to see him and take pulmonary function tests every three months. Being like everybody else, you went on the computer to see you know, exactly what your disease could do to you. And IPF says using fatalities, well, happened in the first five years. And since I was coughing for three years before this, and then they diagnosed me, I'm like, okay, I'm on the cusp. So my breathing tests were good. Uh, my numbers were acceptable. There wasn't any decrease until my third year of actually having this. My numbers decreased 8% over three years. That pretty much sealed my fate. From what I remember of your story, you contracted pneumonia. Yes, it started off with pneumonia. My wife and I went on vacation, and we came back, and I went to work, and I got very tired. I was very lethargic at work. Uh, I had difficulty breathing. Uh, I was coughing a lot. I was lifelighted to main campus of the clinic, and I was diagnosed with pneumonia. Uh, I spent five days, and then they released me on home oxygen. Then approximately 10 days later, I'm being lifelighted again. And all I remember is the flight from Twinsburg to main campus. We landed. Uh, I was wheeled from the chopper into the elevator, and I never woke up until I had my transplant. It'll be eight years uh, this December. What a memory. Wow. So, Randy, do you know anything about the person that saved your life, your lung donor? Yeah, I do. I did write to the family. She was a mother of three. Uh, all three were daughters. They were involved in sports. So she was always at one of their games. Uh, she ended up saving seven of us. She cared about it. She, she passed away with a brain aneurysm. And they said she just loved being outside and running around with the kids and uh, was always full of energy. So how ironic then in 2016, you had the opportunity to participate in what's known as the Donate Life Transplant Games. Seeing that your donor liked to be outdoors and be active and you were once an athlete, how fitting was that? I never knew about these transplant games. Other people that I knew from from the clinic and that, they always kept on talking about it. And they said, well, the games are being held in Cleveland this year. And I'm like, well, what exactly do you do? And they said, you know, it's just like a mini Olympics for transplant recipients 
donor families, living donors. And I'm like, all right, well, this sounds pretty cool. It's in Cleveland. I can finally participate because I, I think the games before Cleveland were in Houston. So I missed those, but I heard the stories about it. So getting into Cleveland, it was fun being, you know, representing uh, Team Ohio. There are over 5,000 athletes from all over the United States. And uh, there were a couple that came in from Australia that uh, I still remain good friends with. And I participated in my first games. I did golf and I did Texas Hold'em. And I can say that I won three medals, two golds and a silver. It seems to me that you kind of got hooked on the transplant games. (laughs) Because now you are actually a team manager for Team Ohio up in the Northeast Ohio area. I know COVID has affected the 2020 games, but can you talk about the games in the future? They have rescheduled this year's games. So we will be going back to New Jersey in July of 2021. And because the U.S. games are on even years. San Diego was awarded the 22 transplant games for the state. Yeah, I was uh, just appointed team manager for uh, Northeast Ohio, for Team Ohio. And it is a privilege. Uh, I know in the past you have held this position, so you know (laughs) what you have to put into it and trying to get everybody involved. And uh, it's, it's a challenge, but I figured uh, I'm up for it. It's exciting. And for the opportunity for a transplant recipient to celebrate their health and feeling good, the Games has really something for everybody. I did darts or cornhole, but I mean, there's basketball, there's track and swimming and all kinds of different activities, ballroom dancing. So it really is an opportunity to show what the power of your transplant and the impact it's had on you. Yeah, I mean, I've met people from many states. Uh, I'm good friends with a person down in New Orleans on Team Louisiana. We met playing cards in Cleveland. I got to see him again in Salt Lake in 18. My Aussie friends, Kevin Green, and all those guys came in uh, from Australia. I met them in Cleveland, saw them again in Salt Lake. So it's a family. You you meet people, you meet them for life. You're absolutely right. And I think it's very cathartic for donor families. Although they can't compete, they can't take part in the, in the games. We do a uh, donor tribute and uh, it's heartwarming for them to see recipients at their best. So it's a wonderful event. Randy, I know you also, for LifeBank, go out and talk to high schools and other programs. Um, if you run across somebody who's opposed to donation, what do you say to them? It's not to be confrontational with them. Getting them to open up to me first, and then for me to turn around and say, well, I'm a person that received a transplant. I got a second chance at life. So I'm very grateful. And I think there would be other people that would be grateful that it maybe you would reconsider and just try to find out their beliefs and 
what they might have heard, what they don't understand. I'm there to educate. And I don't want to say I want to change them, but I would just like to try and inform them that, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel. You know, the old saying that you can't take them with you. Uh, well, that's kind of true, but you can let them, you can let them keep on going if you donate them. And that's the whole thing. Yeah, there's something about saving other people. And I think for the donor family, they're left with that feeling that their loved one did something good for somebody else. Regifting life to help us help others. Remember the life that you're having now. And wouldn't you like to see it continue in a recipient? Because you have to remember the recipient will always honor the donor. And that just means you live on even after your demise. And I think, Randy, you're a wonderful example of that. You're always willing to give back and do whatever you can to help the mission of Life Bank and organ eye and tissue donations. A very special thank you to Bridge to Life for giving us the opportunity to share six poignant stories that really demonstrates the power of donation and transplantation. It was a true honor to speak with each recipient and donor family. Bridge to Life provides the solution for preserving life. And thank you for listening to these episodes. And I invite you back next week. Come on, let's talk about life. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk About Life. If you have questions about today's podcast, reach out to us at info at lifebank.org. If you are already a registered donor, we thank you. If you are not, take a few minutes to do something heroic and register to be an organ donor by saying yes at the BMV or online at lifebank.org. Donate life.